welcome back to my show. In today's episode, I have a really special guest with you, with me today. Um, I talked about him yesterday in a brief detail. I also may have accidentally said his book's name wrong, but nonetheless, I have Sean Peters on the show today. Hi, Sean. How are you today? I am well, and I hope you're well too. I'm well as well. Thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, it's my pleasure. I. I like talking about my book, but I really like talking about my book to people that are the age that it's written for, because talking to adults about the book kind of feels like missing the point sometimes. Definitely. So please maybe introduce yourself and give a brief synopsis of your first book as well as the upcoming book, which is getting released tomorrow. Absolutely. Okay, so uh, my name is Sean Peters. I've been writing professionally for over 25 years but in a lot of different kinds of things everything from bad tv shows to advertisements to articles uh in newspapers or on websites um and about eight years ago i got it in my head that i wanted to write a book for when my kids were middle grade uh readers and i was reading to them in bed every night and i got it in my mind that i really wanted to tell a story for them and and what I ended up writing was The Unforgettable Logan Foster. And it is a middle grade superhero adventure about a kid named Logan Foster. He's 12 years old. He's neuro neurodivergent. He um, is an orphan. And he pretty much has given up any hope of ever being uh, even fostered again, let alone adopted. And he, he has in his mind that he's probably just going to wait it out until he's um, 18 and can go searching for this sibling this younger sibling that he believes he has and he has um an eidetic memory which means he has a photographic memory he remembers everything he's ever heard or seen and um and he's also very logical and so when he gets fostered unexpectedly by this nice couple gill and margie um he can tell that they're very nice but they're hiding something and he can't figure out what they're hiding well what they're hiding it turns out is that they're superheroes and superheroes are real and that every superhero book or story you've ever heard is just to cover up the fact that they're real. And uh, suddenly he goes from feeling like an outsider to being the most typical person in his new family. And he makes a great new best friend, uh, an older girl next door, and gets into some superhero hijinks, even though he doesn't really have a superpower. And then the book that comes out tomorrow is the sequel, which is the unforgettable Logan Foster and the Shadow of Doubt. And I don't want to do too many spoilers, but obviously he must survive the first book because <laughs> there's a second book and he's still in the title. Um, and in this book, he now has real relationships from the very beginning, right? He has foster parents that love him and a best friend and, and making new friends. Um, and for the first time in his life, that means he has to make some tough choices about who to trust with his own emotions and whose uh, emotions he needs to be sensitive to. So it's a, it's a, and in and, and, and that book, this new story, he starts getting an idea that he might have an idea of who um, his mother might be. And um, that's a big deal for him. That's actually an amazing synopsis of both books. So anyone interested in adventures, magical realism, Superheroes, definitely check out both books. Um, the second book is actually releasing tomorrow. 
So depending on where you are, I'm pretty sure that this is US based on US it's tomorrow, but whichever day is 3rd January for you guys is when your um, the book is out. So be sure to check it out from your library, Amazon, um I don't know. Um, Barnes and Noble. All your local independents. Yeah, all your local independent bookstores. Uh, and if they don't have it, ask them, and they always order it for you. And that's why yeah, they're the best. Even your students. school libraries. Um, I know that my um, high school library has this thing where you can request for a book, and if there are enough requests, you can request the books. And it's like in high school, you don't really request some middle grade books. That would make sense, but like. If you are a middle grader or someone interested in this book, try to check it out. Maybe request from your local library or your school library, whichever works for you. But you should definitely check out the books; they're amazing. Um, so on to my next question for you: What inspired you to write these books, and what inspired you to just like write a character like um, Logan Foster? It's a great question, and you know. Most of my ideas are actually like three different ideas that smash into each other and get stuck. So um, the first thing that came to mind for me was I, I grew up really enjoying superheroes and, and comic books. Um, I was a kid that got sick a lot and had to stay home from school. And back before the internet, I'm telling you how old I am, but um, when you got sick, you pretty much had to lie in bed and read all day and reading comic books was like my favorite thing that is what i did and i i really fell in love with those characters and you know about eight years ago nine years ago every weekend it seemed like there was a new superhero movie out and when i looked at the the middle grade books that i was reading to my kids you know percy jackson was all about um demigods but and uh you know certainly harry potter was magic and there was a lot of those things but there weren't that many about superheroes and so i kind of had my idea that I, I wanted to tell a superhero story at that middle grade age at the same time um my best friend's son uh and we spent every weekend together back then um uh is on the autism spectrum and i've known him since he was literally two years old um and the more i talked with him the more i realized that the way his brain worked was not only different than mine, but really like fascinating. And that if I wanted to have a great relationship with him, and I knew he wanted to have a great relationship with me because I felt like almost like an uncle to him, um, we had to learn how each other's brains worked. And that really got me thinking about this idea that like how many kids, my wife is a teacher, I, I coached a lot of sports um, and clubs for my kids. And I saw how many kids whose brains worked a little different and and they were told well you have to make your brain work like everyone else and i i never thought that was right and so i wanted to write a story about a kid like that and make him the hero of a story and then that last thing about him having an eidetic memory well when i was growing up i was a very small kid i was kind of a shrimp i was kind of a nerd and i my brain worked a little bit that way not as much as logan's but and so i i, I always thought that that could have been my superpower if I'd if I'd been just a little better at it. So those all came together in this idea that a kid um, who'd been othered by society to find a family where he was suddenly the most typical person. He's the only person in the house that's technically human. Um, I thought that would be a really interesting story to find and to find people that wanted him to be himself. Um, and it all came together because I said, you know, if your parents were, or foster parents were superheroes, um, 
chances are you wouldn't feel weird compared to them. <laughs> Definitely. That like seems like an ideal way to have a start um start of the story idea and um imagination and I heard you say it, right? So the what mm-hmm. if scenario is always what kind of um pikes um many writers authors interest just because it's just imagining stuff like what if um kind of like harry potter is like what if an ordinary boy has magic or um what if we give harry what if we give the character a scar on their forehead which happened because someone struck um striked him or something you know so like those what if statements really like shape your story shape what you're writing so i actually really like what you said about um um you not wanting others to focus on making their brain work like others but just making themselves their own person and just like focusing on how they want to just shape their own self to who they want to be is really important because no two people are the same even if their brains kind of work the same because yeah i mean yeah like your functions of brain do the same thing brains are for knowledge brains are for doing the things you're doing right now speaking because like the things in there that are there if you want to talk right but at the same time they have different people use it in different ways depending on like how they want to do it like for example like you might have seen the stereotypical characters where some of them are mean characters kind characters what makes them that way it's their brain their brain gives them these um cords or connections which make them do those actions so it really depends on how you want to use your brain to act or do something absolutely and um yeah and and also i think that we never at least unless we uh shut ourselves off to it we never stop realizing that our brain is a little bit different than other people's or the way we thought it worked um my daughter did not identify as neurodivergent her whole childhood but she also had two very supportive parents that kind of we didn't even realize at the time we we thought we were just you know making things that worked well for her and now again once she hit college age and was out on her own she started realizing that oh you know what i th- i think i am and got a diagnosis and and it has helped her understand herself but i'm i'm over 50 and i didn't publish my first book until i was 50 but i just recently realized uh, at work like having conversations with people that that the way i react to certain things and the way my brain processes certain information is really different than most of the people i work with and i said huh maybe maybe there is no spectrum maybe the whole thing is a spectrum and we're all on it so um i don't know but i i i agree with you that that your brain and how you process information is is how you perceive the world but you have to make a decision of, of how you're going to relate to other people So on to my next question. Um with your book, would you do anything differently? Like would you maybe change the plot, maybe change something major and minor? Would you change it? Hmm, you know, um I don't there, with book 1 I don't think I would change anything huge. Um I think looking back on it, I would have liked to have gotten a little bit more into Logan's emotions and that's what I'm really excited about book 2 is in book 1 Logan is very shut off from his emotions he knows he's having them and he knows other people are having them but so many things are changing in his world that he doesn't really take the time 
to think about what that means. Things are moving too fast for him. He's got too many mysteries to unravel. In book two, I got to, it's a little bit longer. It's about 50, 60 pages longer. I had a little more time and I could really dig into his emotions. And also he's such an intelligent character, but I got to study and play with him gaining emotional intelligence in book two. Um, so I don't know, is that a fair answer? Yeah, definitely. Because um, okay. any kind of change would be ideal. I mean, the, um, it's also possible to not change anything. Like you said, nothing major, right? It's just emotions. But according to me, I feel like emotions play a big part of each character. Because um, right now the book which I'm working on are rather finished and working on editing. I'm realizing that some of my characters are falling flat because they do not have emotions. So, like they could just be saying, um, instead of showing, I mean, instead of showing their telling. So like um, this character is crying instead of showing how, you know. So the whole mm-hmm. show don't tell thing is really important in terms of emotions. So it really depends on how you change it. It could be a major um, change or a minor change. For me, like while editing, I realized that some of the changes I made to the way I described each thing changed the story vastly. It's like if the storyline was oh, yeah. about two people trying to get something, it suddenly changes into a dramatic way. So if they're sad about it, it suddenly turns into a happy thing because it doesn't match. Like your emotion really needs to match the scene. It cannot be like someone is dying and you're having like happy emotion tag in there when it's supposed to be sad emotion tag. So those kind of like details can sometimes cause like a major change. Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes when the emotion doesn't match the scene, that can be an amazing moment for the character because they have to come to grips. They have to ask themselves, why am I not feeling what I expect to feel? And that's a big deal for Logan. Um, that was what I really enjoyed writing about in, in the sequel is he gets to ask those questions. For sure. I mean, it actually sometimes, sometimes it's done purposely, like sometimes maybe sarcasm, right? In sarcasm, if something bad is happening, you might respond in a positive way or positive way, but not really positive. If you think about it, sarcasm is basically saying something when you intend something else. Like, for example, you might say nice dress or nice cap or nice, I don't know, whatever, but like in reality means something else, right? So it could just be basically anyway, kind of like how between friends or something, you might say, "Um, would you like to come to a concert with me? When you actually do not really mean it and you're just playing around with them and pulling their leg to be like, kind of making them want to go even though you're not going to allow them. So in that sense, like subtext and emotion is really important to actually convey what you want to convey. Because you might unknowingly have a hit of sarcasm in the text when you actually don't mean that. Absolutely. That's a great point. And you know, when I was your age, I um I, I didn't want to be a writer, I wanted to be an actor. And I will tell you, and I know that you're a bit of a performer yourself, uh, but I will say that learning like very early on that idea of subtext because when you're an actor the script is written for you you don't have a choice of what you're going to say so you have to decide what you're really thinking or what you're feeling that what makes you say that right and then when i became an act a writer i took all of that so when i write dialogue it's very much kind of me almost like improvising as the character on the page 
I know what they're feeling, and then I also know what they're saying. Yeah. So on to my last and final question for you: If you could meet your characters, what would you tell them? Well, first of all, I'd love to give Logan a a hug, but I don't think he'd enjoy it. <laughs> he doesn't love being touched. He has some sensory stuff. But I want to hug him because I love him so much. But I'd also want to hug him because I put him through a lot in these books. You know, between book one and book two, I put him in some pretty sticky situations, and I, I feel bad about it. He doesn't deserve it. Um, but I think the other thing that I would tell him is, um, is that that probably the same thing I would tell myself or want him to tell me is that, is that he does so much thinking that probably his happiest moments are going to be when he can just live in a moment. You know, when you're when 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 you're a very cerebral character and you're thinking about the results and that you're trying to get and all the possible permutations of a situation, which is all stuff Logan does. He makes lists. Um, in those moments, you're not living in the moment. So I would I would urge him, and it's something I struggle with myself. So that's that's where Logan and I meet. But I would tell him, live in the moment a little bit more. Uh, even if it's uncomfortable, even if you end up not where you meant to go. That's a great answer. So thank you so much for being on the show with me today. I had a great time talking to you. Oh, thank you, Anika, and I, I, I wish you continued success. And maybe someday, in a few years, I'll have a blog or a, a podcast, and I'll be interviewing you because you'll be the the debut author. What do you think? Oh my God, that sounds amazing! Thank you so much. So anyways, guys, that's the end of the episode. I hope you learned something new today and be sure to check out Sean's new book, which is releasing tomorrow. If you haven't read the first book, I would recommend checking that out first just because it's a continued series and not a standalone book. Also, I'll be having a couple of episodes um, on Sunday as usual. And then on Monday, I will not have an interview episode, but on January 3rd at um, 5 p.m., Pacific is when I'm going to be recording my interview with Sophia Fertaski. She's an amazing singer, and I was announcing that yesterday, but I just released it today. It's all right, <laughs> and I'll be putting it up live at 5:45. So be sure to check that out as well. Until then, keep reading and keep writing. Bye, guys.